it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. for the draft. They don't have a pick tomorrow in round one. They got picks in rounds two, six, and seven, which are going to be held on Thursday into free agency. We go. That starts on Saturday. The Oilers' schedule also coming out today. Here's what I can tell you. It's a home and home against Vancouver to get things started. Wednesday, October 11th in Vancouver. The home opener Saturday, October 14th. Home to the Canucks. It is back to four meetings against the Calgary Flames this year. Of course, last year because of the, the schedule rotation, there are always a couple teams in your division. You only play three times instead of four. Last year it was Calgary. So the game's against the Flames this year. We already knew about the Heritage Classic. It's Sunday, October 29th at Commonwealth Stadium. And also they will play in January, January 20th at Calgary. The Flames are at Rogers Place on February 24th. And then a late season matchup on April 6th in Calgary. Uh, that'll be the Oilers what would that be? Their seventh last game of the season. So uh, the regular number of matchups against the Flames. Toronto is here January 16th. Montreal is here March 19th. Vegas coming to Edmonton on November 28th. That'll be their first meeting since the playoff series. Longest, I'm just giving you some notes here. Longest uh, homestand is at the start of December, December 6th to 16th. Carolina, Minnesota, New Jersey, Chicago, Tampa Bay, and Florida. By week, late January into February, the Oilers will play uh, home to Nashville, a matinee on Saturday, January 27th, and they don't play again for a week and a half, Tuesday, February 6th at Vegas. So just some schedule highlights. It did come out today. Pittsburgh in town, March 3rd. Sidney Crosby coming to town. So uh, that's a quick look at the uh, Oilers schedule. You can get more, of course, by going to the story on 630Ched.com. Go to the Oilers website. But it always creates a little bit of anticipation once you finally see what that schedule is going to look like. All right, so going into the uh, draft more, it's, it, look, for, for the Oilers, there really isn't a lot of anticipation about the draft. You, you, you probably heard Ken Holland on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer yesterday. Kind of really only one or two comments specifically about the draft. And then uh, even today, Ken Holland uh, did a media scrum in Nashville. And even that talk wasn't a lot about the draft. I mean, some of the same questions Bob asked him yesterday about Bouchard, McLeod, uh, some of those guys. Holland, uh, though, had this to say about the future of Kyler Yamamoto. 
I have not spoken to uh, Kyler yet. I'm still uh, working the phones, and I got to see what uh, what um, transpires. All right. So, of course, a lot of anticipation that Yamamoto's tenure with the Oilers has concluded that he will be traded this summer. That's a little over three million dollars against the cap. Now, you may be taking some money back in a trade, but as Holland did say, there uh, hasn't really talked to him working the phones. So we'll see uh, where that goes. But one of the off-season storylines, and then. You know, you're going to have guys who have been on the Bakersfield Condors pushing for spots. And one of those could be a gentleman who was drafted in the second round back in 2019. That's Raphael Lavoie. Spent most of his junior career with Halifax. Uh, ended off with Shakutami. He's been with Bakersfield Condors now for the last two years, plus a little bit before that in 2021 uh, when you had the shortened season. So, you know, last year for Lavoie wound up with some pretty respectable numbers. 25 goals, 45 points in 61 games. Tall guy, six foot four, coming in at just under 200 pounds and Holland was asked about Lavoie today and said uh, absolutely he's going to be able to compete for a roster spot. Ralphie had a great second half I think he scored 25 goals this year most of them from December 1st on um, you know he's had a couple, tough couple of years with injuries got healthy uh, I believe he's uh, working out very hard uh, this offseason we're going to give him uh, lots of preseason games and because obviously he's a waiver player so we have to make a decision on it. All right so some players pushing from the farm, players who were drafted second round or later, three, four, five, six years ago, now trying to compete for spots. Uh, Lavoie, one of them, he was the second leading scorer on the Condors last season behind Seth Griffith, who's pretty much been a career minor leaguer. Noah Philp was the third leading scorer on the Condors, and uh, he's uh, decided to step away from hockey. So uh, there's another little storyline to weave in and file away in the back of your mind for training camp. Raphael Lavoie maybe pushing for a shot in the NHL next season. Next season could be Ken Holland's last one as a general manager in the NHL. His contract uh, does expire about a year from now, and uh, he took some questions today about his own future. Is the organization engaged in a process to figure out what would be next for the GM position, though? You're, you, you occupy the other role, yeah, too. I don't so. really, I don't, that's not really me. I, I, that's not really my thing, obviously. Uh, I just worry about being the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers and my day-to-day responsibilities. Um, I have another year to go on my contract. I'm excited. I got lots of, lots of I got to call it juice, lots of energy, lots of, uh, you know, I, uh, I still enjoy the challenge. Um, and, you know, Lots of rumors out. Let the rumors fly. I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, let, I'm trying to win and try to do my job on a day-to-day basis. You open to hanging around longer if uh, maybe it doesn't mean being the guy in front of us. Yeah, I'm open. I'm open to anything. Uh, we'll, we'll see if right, right now, right now, my focus, like I said, is on the, the day. Obviously, right now, from now till July sixth or seventh, obviously, is a real critical key time um, for any organization, for 32 organizations, and then, uh, you, know, you know, and my goal. Obviously, my, my is to try to put a team on the ice that can compete with the best teams in the league, and you know, I'll worry about the future when the, like I said, the the green banana program. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ken Holland saying in his uh, availability at the end of the season when talking about the future, he doesn't invest in green bananas. He's in the win now mode, and of course, the Oilers as a whole are, especially when you got McDavid and Drysaddle nearing the ends of their contracts. And again, it doesn't mean they're, they're going to leave, but uh, you know, it is it is a possibility.
until they can hopefully eventually lock them up. So just kind of an overview of some Oilers stuff today uh, with the schedule coming out, with Ken Holland making some additional comments. And, uh, yeah, the, the draft in oil country, not what it used to be when you're drafting at the top or near the top for several years after all those uh, times out of the playoffs. Here's a couple trades I want to make note of today, and uh, we, we kind of were hearing a lot around two of the teams involved in the last few days or even weeks. One of them with the Winnipeg Jets, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been traded to the Los Angeles Kings. Um, the Jets get, I don't mind this haul for the Jets. They get Gabe Velarde, who was uh, an 11th overall pick in 2017, had a decent year last year. A couple of depth guys, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kupari, also a second round pick in 2024. And then Dubois, who would have been a restricted free agent on Saturday, signs with the Kings eight years, $68 million. That's uh, eight and a half million dollars per season. So, and that could be the first of many pieces moving in Winnipeg. And we're going to have Jamie Thomas from CGOB joining us a little bit later on to dive into that. Could be a lot of changes to the Winnipeg Jets. Also could be a lot of changes to the Calgary Flames. And they made a trade today. Tyler Toffoli goes to the New Jersey Devils for Igor Sharangovich and a third-round pick in 2023. So that pick will be made on Thursday. Toffoli coming off a very good season. 34 goals, 39 assists, 73 points. Played all 82 games for the Flames. Remember, he still is only 31 years of age. He has one year left on a uh, four-year contract that play, pays him four and a quarter per season. He actually signed that with Montreal back in October of uh, of 2020. So uh, there you go. You know, It could be some other names leaving Calgary as well here as a, a few other players have seemed uh, very lukewarm or flat out cold about uh, possibly re-signing with Calgary this summer with with a year left on their contract. So to fully traded by the Flames to the Devils, Dubois traded by the Jets to the Kings. All right. Switching our attention to football here for a second. The Elks back on the practice today, and their next game is uh, is not far away. It's in Ottawa on Friday. Countdown to kickoff is at 4 o'clock with Brendan Escott hosting. Dave Campbell and Morley Scott will call the game at 5.30. The Red Blacks also winless. The Red Blacks uh, also uh, with, with a home losing streak of note, uh, also with uh, an unproven quarterback coming in. And... Uh, it is going to be a game, two teams who are desperate. And we know the story with the Elks. And as I said yesterday, it's it's not just the home losses for the, El- the, the Elks. They, they don't win a lot of games regardless of where they're played. Now, I can tell you this. Jarek Dagey took first string snaps at quarterback today. Here's what uh, Chris Jones had to say about that. Everyone wants to know, uh, will you announce your starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, again, that position is no different than anybody else. What about left tackle? Who well, starts at left tackle then? Tackle, yeah. Uh, we'll have uh, someone start at left tackle. We'll have someone start at quarterback this week as well. But we saw Jared Diggy take most of the reps. Jared took a lot of snaps today, but we'll have both of them ready for sure. All right. Yeah, Daigie took a lot of snaps. Well, of course, they're going to have both of them ready. You need your whole team ready. Again, wouldn't surprise me to see Daigie play. uh, Came in in the second half. As you know, against Toronto, did did pretty good. I mean, obviously, a bad pick six. Made a couple of plays. Kind of got a lucky tip on that long bomb at the end of the game. But showed a little bit of escapability. Looks uh, confident and mobile. Uh, Sounds very confident. We, we played his post-game 
last night uh, from Saturday, and then he was on the Elks this week with Morley Scott after Inside Sports wrapped up, and he spoke again today, and we'll get to some of those clips as we move along as well. But Chris Jones says, uh, yeah, he does like what he sees from Daigie. Yeah, he's uh, he can get them in out of the huddle. He does a real nice job managing the game. He's got he's got a lot of you know starter quality uh, moxie to him. Moxie could be an important word to remember. You need a little bit of that. You need your quarterback to to make you feel confident. You need your quarterback to create a lot of belief. I think that had faded with Cornelius, unfortunately, uh, as we saw his career progress with Edmonton. And, and I'm sure he'll he'll still get some snaps here as we go along. But again, wouldn't surprise me if Daigie starts. What one of the uh, the key things from yesterday was that Kai Loxley got cut. He got a snap. On Thursday, he fumbled. He sort of separated himself from his teammates on the sidelines. There was another short yardage play where it, it appeared that he was supposed to go in, but he didn't, so Daigie had to run back on the field after going to the bench. Uh, Jones was asked today about cutting Loxley. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go in. I'm not here to – it just uh, didn't work out. Uh, Kai, uh, we decided to go a different direction. All right, the brevity – of Jones's answer leads me to believe there is perhaps uh, more to this that Jones didn't want to share, and I would expect that logically to be the case when you when you have a quarterback who uh, you know a, a, a appeared to sort of be more worried about himself than than the team after making a tough play, and who who maybe refused to go into a game a little bit later on. Though Chris Jones didn't direct uh, address that directly today either. So anyway, Kyle Oxley has been released. Uh, the Elks did sign another quarterback today. That is Khalil Tate, who was uh, with the Elks for the preseason, and then he got released in uh, late May, so he, uh, he's probably going to be the guy handling the short yardage on Friday, and of course uh, Trey Ford is uh, is another quarterback who's with the Elks as well, but he might re- remain the fourth stringer for Ottawa. Jones was also asked how Cornelius handled being pulled from the game. Yeah, he's a pro's pro, He's a, and he's a great human being. He's going to work harder than he ever has worked. Uh, you know, last year uh, when he started the uh, thing off, he was number three on the depth chart. So yeah. he's going to put uh, all the work necessary to make sure that he's prepared. All right. Now, I can also tell you this. Uh, it, it looks like he was asked about that left tackle position. That's likely going to be Martez Ivy, who uh, will come into the game after uh, Andrew Garnett suffered an injury in the game. Something else to remember here, and this is this is not great news. Eugene Lewis did not practice. The Elks put it on their injury report today as a knee problem. Chris Jones was asked about Eugene Lewis, and he just said, to be determined. Games in, uh, well, in 72 hours, they'll be playing. So the fact that Lewis didn't practice today, not a great sign. Jones says, to be determined. Usually, and we hear this with Jones, with Woody and other coaches that the Oilers have had, you know, if a guy misses a practice but he's okay, you, we usually get, oh, it's a maintenance day, he'll be back. Jones has said that about other guys this season as well. We didn't get that about Eugene Lewis. Hopefully he's out there tomorrow and hopefully he's fine, but I have some concerns uh, g- given the way Jones answered that question today. All right, happy to hear from you, of course. The hotline is powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. The number is 780-496-0063. You can send me an email, inside sports at 630ched.com. You can follow me on Twitter and shoot me a message there too. At Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Inside.
Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Toronto Blue Jays taking on San Francisco. It is scoreless in the fifth inning. 780-496-0063. Uh, we got some uh, messages coming in about the Oilers and the uh, Elks. Uh, let's do uh, let's see, do a couple Elks ones for me, Kellen, if you got them. Absolutely. Uh, we'll open things up with Emmett tonight. He says he enjoyed Jed Roberts' perspective on your show last night. He sees the little details that I don't see. If he has some optimism, that's good enough for me. That is from Emmett. Uh, well, yeah. Jed, uh, Jed believes, and Jed has been through uh, good and bad times as a player. I thought he was uh, very, very good on the show last night, as he as he is every time he's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordy texts in and says, if they don't start Daggy on Friday, I will be very surprised and sorely disappointed. That's from Jordy. I, I would think, Jordy, that you are not alone in that sentiment. Uh, yes, uh, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Jordy's the only one thinking. I don't, Jordy may be the man of the people. The voice of the people. The voice of the people. I love it. There we go. Uh, Pat texts in and says, quite simply, what happened to Trey Ford? Yeah, that's a good question. Sorry, is that from Pat, did you say? That is from Pat. Yeah, Pat, I've been asked that a lot, and maybe you've heard me address that earlier in the season as well. Uh, I I mean, I I get that there's um, a, a lot of questions from fans about Trey Ford. I get there was excitement seeing him play last year and some of the things he could do. I guess it would appear to me, given how he's been handled, um that the coaching staff doesn't share that excitement. I know they haven't flatly come out and and said that, but I think sometimes you can make pretty logical inferences. Um, Exciting player, Canadian player. It was exciting to see a Canadian quarterback succeed in BC last year, well, especially for Lions fans, maybe not how he torched the Elks. So with, with Trey Ford... I, I guess they just don't see him as the guy who can be the quarterback. I, I, I know from some of the people I, I talk to, there is the sense that maybe he doesn't throw the ball as, as well as some of the other guys that they have or have had. And somebody said to me something very interesting, that, that Ford's style could lend to taking a lot of hits. And does he have the body to, to take those hits at the pro level, as opposed to in U sports, he wouldn't get hit or not as big guys are hitting them. We'll talk more about that as we move on tonight.